Hello, and welcome to another episode of Don't Fuck With The Original. I'm your host, Casper. I am your other host, Becky Gremlin. Here to bring you all things spooky on Wednesdays, because... Wednesdays are for podcast. Guys, we have an exciting announcement for this episode. We have the wonderful director, Andy Palmer, with us, who is going to be going by Billy for the whole episode. For the remainder. Uh, no. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I like to have I like to have pseudonyms on uh, on any sort of podcast. Uh, you know, I think it's a good I think it's a good move. Everybody should partake. It really is. So, guys, yeah. have a warm welcome for Billy. <laughs> Yay! A round of applause. Thanks, guys. I met. It's good to be here. I met Andy. Oh my God, Andy, was that three years ago? Yeah, I think so. Horrorhound. Was it Indy? It was an Indy, wasn't it? So I met Andy three years ago when they were doing a screening of a movie called The Funhouse Massacre. And to this day, that's my favorite movie I've ever seen at Horror Hound. And um, Robert Englund was there. And it was really cool because he was, like, in the movie for a hot second. Like, he was in the room. So that was weird. (laughs) That was pretty insane. But um, after it was over, I went and met him and talked to him. And he was just one of the nicest people. And we've kept in contact ever since then. And he was nice enough to come on the podcast and... We want to help him promote his new movie coming out this month called Camp Coldbrook. So that's right. Woo! That's right next week. Next week. Yeah, Valentine's I was gonna say for, Valentine's Day is for lovers and for horror movie fans. Uh, I like. I I really like that you said that. I <laughs> yeah. I feel like I feel like horror. I feel like Valentine's is a perfect time of year for horror. I think it. I, you know works out when, well. Uh, when when Shout Studios announced it, I was like. Well, that's interesting, but I, the more I, uh, the more I've been getting feedback, the more people seem to be excited. And I think it's like, it's one of those things, like you're kind of, you're kind of committed either way. And the nice thing is it comes out, it comes out in select theaters, but it's also VOD. So even if you have plans, you can just watch it. You can just watch it on TV the next day. So, um, I, I applaud them for that. I think it's a good idea. Well, I think infamously enough, didn't Silence of the Lambs come out on Valentine's Day weekend? And like, no, but I hope that that's true. <laughs> yeah, I think it is. Well, you know what? It's our podcast, so we'll just say it's it, true. It, it was. It's true. Wow. It's true. Yeah. It happens. Oh, so, that's, yeah, that's rarefied air for sure. <laughs> for sure. Verified by Becky Gremlin. There you go. Yeah. Ver- verified by Becky. Hashtag verified. <laughs> verified. I like it. Check mark. Like so, Andy, do you want to start off by giving us uh, what got you into acting and a little bit of your background? Sure. Uh, well, as ironically, what got me into directing was was acting. Uh, so when I was a little kid, I wanted to be an actor. Uh, I, I, I thought I would. I fancied myself a thespian. Um, and uh, I came. You know, I grew up in a very little town, and so I was the best actor in my one stoplight town. And uh, and that's even debatable. So um, <laughs> so I uh, I got to college and I declared as a theater major, and then I met real actors and I was like, Oh, you're, you're absolutely horrible at this. And, um, and, but I, you know, I still loved it. Like I loved theater. I loved movies. I wanted to be involved in some way. And I was also, I've always been like kind of a techie. Like I always like, you know, I like computers. I like technology and stuff like that. And so I started taking broadcasting classes at my college. And that's really where everything like came together. That idea of getting to play with actors in a way where you're still involved in that process, but at the same time, like, you're, you're, you know, I, I came up in, like, what they called, like, the DV revolution, this idea of mini DV cameras where 
the camera had this little thing called the FireWire port, and you could plug it into a computer and transfer your video to your computer. That shit was like not around before I was in college, and I yeah. it was like mind blowing. Like I'm like, you mean I can record this and go right into my computer and edit and do whatever I want? So I was pretty pretty done at that point. So uh, and that was it. The rest is the rest, as they say, is history. I've been trying to trying to make movies ever since. So when was your first actual like? I guess, foray into filmmaking? Like, what, did it start off with, like, short films, or did you just, like, okay, yeah. Tons of, tons of shorts, um, you know, anything I could get my hands on. I worked with, uh, this really funny, uh, sketch comedy group, uh, called Man in a Van, and they had, like, a financial backer, and we were all, like, in our early 20s, so that was huge that they had, like, money, you know, that we could go do stuff, and, and they would perform at the, they perform at the comedy store in LA and at like live sketches, but then they'd play the movies that we'd shoot in between. Nice. So I probably did like 25, um, different, like fun sketches. Like we had one that was like, that was called predator goes to college. And it's, you know, it's just basically, a, it's basically, uh, 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 it was basically my friend, Jessica Landon and, and a predator. Like she, she weighs like 90 pounds and she had this giant predator mask on <laughs> and she is, she's navigating the, the rigors of college as a predator. Um, I'm going to need to see uh, that right now. (laughs) It's amazing. It's amazing. uh, We did all sorts of of really funny, goofy. Uh, I did, I did two horror. um, And I will send you guys in if you ever want to like show them on your podcast. I don't know if you guys film the podcast too, but the two that I'm most proud of is I did, um, I did one um, uh, called you, you killed me. And it's basically about this ghost that's haunting a guy that, that he claims killed him. And, uh, and what you come to find out is that, uh, he looked, the, the ghost looked up the wrong address, so he's haunting the wrong guy. And it's like, you know, he, he basically got the name wrong and he's like, he, he's like, oh, the hit and run. I'm sorry. I didn't, I didn't see the guy. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'll walk away now. Like he's been torturing the guy the whole night haunting his house, but it was actually the wrong guy to get her. <laughs> That's fantastic. And then we did one for the Hitcher three restaurant Inferno. And it's basically about a waiter that picks up the Hitcher. And he takes him to the restaurant to buy him dinner, and the hitcher starts messing with him and, like, all his, like, you know, like, all his tables and all his customers and the manager. He makes, like, you know, he, like, you know, the waiter turns his back, and he turns around, and the, the hitcher has made penis napkins, penis-shaped napkins out of everything. And, uh, and, and so and, but he ends up getting fired, so the hitcher gets hired in his place. So that was the... That was the Hitcher 3. So we just did, it was just goofy stuff like that. And then, yeah, it's just progressed. And I actually came up in, in editing. I started editing. Um, I, went, I went to school. I, I kind of settled on, on editing. And so I, uh, I started working in, in reality television and I did like tons of reality shows, all the rock of love, flavor of love, all those <laughs> shows. I did a bunch. Yeah. I did Redneck Island for CMT. I did like a lot of fun kind of reality shows and that's still you know i still do those to this day i'm oh, starting one you you still do it becky yeah, becky's yeah. about yeah, to freak so out right I'm, now she, can i just those <laughs> reality shows were like so can life. i just tell you that okay so i'm in oh, my yeah. mid i'm in my mid 30s so uh, i have seen like the incarnation of vh1 like through yeah, all yeah. of its years and I will firm, I don't watch a lot of reality TV now, but, uh, I mean a few things here and there, I have a few guilty pleasures, but, uh, I will say that back in the day I watched every season of flavor of love. I watched oh, yeah. every season of rock of love. I watched, I watched both seasons of I love New York. I mean, it yeah. was just such a beautiful mess of nonsense 
that it just, it was, yeah. So it was such a crazy time. And I look back at it now because it's just the the landscape is very different. Oh yeah. But it was such a crazy time. The company I was working for, um, that, that produced all those shows was a company called 51 minds entertainment. And, uh, I had just started my first show that I worked on them was on the second season of I love New York. And I got on and it was just, you could not, they had so much at the, at the, at a time that I was working there, they comprised 85% of VH1's total like shows. And so it was just like, it was Whoa. one show after another and they couldn't get enough people in there to cut and, you know, produce all these shows. And they would bring in, they brought in dinner for us every night because, you know, they, you, you were constantly having to stay late and stuff like that, but they always took good care of you. And so they brought in like catered dinner every night. And like, it was just like, it was a, it was a, it was just this kind of crazy free for all, all these kids making these, making these shows. And yeah, so I did like, I love, I did, I love New York, Rock of Love, I did some Flavor of Love, I did, I love money. I did like, I mean, I just did all those, all those shows and I still work for 51. I actually got to, um. I got to direct uh, and edit a pilot for them last year. That was a horror pilot, and I it was for CMT, and it was it was it was awesome. It was like this kind of reboot of the MTV show Fear. You guys remember Fear? Oh, like, okay. I love Fear. So that yeah. show was incredible. Yeah, that <laughs> show was amazing. A, it was kind of a it was kind of a re- reboot of that, but they also wanted to make it feel like a movie, like you were in a movie, and not so much like the the kind of reality thing. So we we shot this whole big pilot for them. And, and then, you know, basically we did all the stuff they did with fear with the cameras and everything like that. But then I would go in and like basically kind of recreate the scenes in ways where it's like you want a POV and, 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 and like kind of very like selective angles and stuff like that that made it feel like you were watching a movie as these guys were going through this asylum and stuff. And it was so, so cool. And I was so bummed it didn't get, uh, it didn't get, end up getting picked up. And I was, I was crushed because I just put my, my heart and soul into that thing for, uh, for about six months. It was just, it was such a blast. Oh, that's awesome. That, I didn't even realize yeah. you still worked in, yeah. you were still doing anything with reality TV. And that kind of, well, I mean, it, it's awesome that you are, but it kind of sucks <laughs> on the end because that sounds like such a great concept. Yeah. But I feel like that happens a lot in network TV. It's hard to know what's going to get picked up yep. and what isn't going to get picked up. So I feel like yeah. horror yeah. gets snubbed a lot too with TV. Like it's, it's very hard because yeah. and what I found, what I found with, with, you know, with them is that it's, it, especially especially horror filmmaking I always tell you know I always tell people and you know my my producing partner and I are we'll go back and forth on this and stuff like that is that tension tension takes time to be able to create a scene with tension and I had to learn this the hard way because I mean you guys have seen my other earlier stuff and there's moments that are good and there's moments that, that fall flat and stuff like that and and a lot of it is that we were just going so fast that I didn't I didn't create an atmosphere that 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 let that scene draw out. And I think when you guys see, did you guys see Camp Coldbrook yet, or you have not? Have you not seen it? We have not. I seen have it not. Yet. No, I have not. Seen yeah, it. we haven't son seen a, it yet. Son of a biscuit! I should have I should have sent it to you earlier, but that's okay. Uh, I'm, gonna, <laughs> I'm I'm really fucking excited to see it. Today. Yeah, yeah, I'll send it to you today. <laughs> oh, yes. Awesome. Yeah. Oh my god, Andy, you're the best. I'm sorry, Bailey, yeah. you're the best. <laughs> yeah, right, there it is. <laughs> um, Are snacks, what scenes are our meals, and these tension scenes mm-hmm. are our meals, and so we spent like so 
so much more time on them, and and I'm so much more proud of the way that they unfolded. But that it just you know it just takes time to be able to have the right you know to have the right angle, to take the right time, to set up the gag and stuff like that. And TV is especially like you know reality TV is just so off the cuff, and that was the the hardest thing we were going back and forth with was this. Um, was this like idea of like I'm like you guys we have to we can't just zoom through this because there's no amount of editing that's gonna that's gonna create make this moment scary or we had a we had like a huge back and forth of they didn't want to like see things that scared the the kids and stuff like they didn't want like the kids to see things they just wanted them to like hear things in the distance and I'm like I was like I understand that's like in real life that's very scary but as the audience we need to see what's scaring them, you know, like them just being scared and stuff like that. Like there needs to be some sort of kind of visual. So it was a, it was a lot of back and forth, but yeah, I, I agree that the TV doesn't, it, 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 it has a hard time catching up to what is, what is scary, you know? Yeah. yeah I feel like a lot of true. people don't like a lot of, like, you know, a lot of TV too is more like mainstream and a lot of people yep. don't really love horror. Like, yeah. A lot of people are more like, no, I want to watch The Fucking Housewives, or I want to watch right. The Bachelor. God, The Bachelor. But, like, yeah. <laughs> and then you get, like, The Exorcist on Fox, and I was like, oh, my fucking God. Well yeah. That well show was incredible. And I'm like, it's nice to see something like this on TV, TV. on network TV and then two yeah. years later it gets canceled and I'm like of course because yeah. it was really good and well, people and can't handle it Hannibal or Hannibal yeah. Hannibal did the same thing yep. that was really well done and yeah. survived a, I think more I think they did a little bit longer than what I what I even anticipated them doing but when it got canceled it left off such a huge you know, Mark and I think people that were big fans of it were kind of like, what's going on? <laughs> like, I thought that show was doing so well, but, you know, that's that's just yeah. kind of the name of the game with that. Um, I did. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, 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 that's, no I, I agree. I just agree with you. I'm, I'm, that's it. That's my piece. Awesome. <laughs> I, uh, I did want to go into a little bit. Um, both of this is kind of a two part uh, comment question. Um, your editing of your films is really, I feel like, I feel like editors and like the editing process is kind of something that's overlooked in films. And it's such a huge part of it because yeah. if certain scenes aren't edited, right. Uh, it, it can just, it can really make or break a movie. And um, Tiffany Haddish was actually on, hopefully our listeners know who Tiffany Haddish is. <laughs> Tiffany Haddish was on. Pause and um, go look it up. Yeah, like, uh, <laughs> uh, she was on, um, it's funny that you say the comedy store. Uh, my husband and I are huge stand-up comedy fans, and she was recently on a, uh, a comedian named Bobby Lee has a podcast called Tiger Belly, and yeah. she was on there. I'm such a huge fan of that podcast. And she was talking about how she purposefully makes friends with the editors because she yeah. knows that like, if I can be edited right in certain scenes, like that will, that will really be a big break for me. Like if, so she like makes a point of being really friendly with the editors and getting to know the editors, um, which I think is really important. And I just wanted to say like, especially cause I, I know we talked about this a little bit before we started recording, but I thought Badlands of Kane was not, was just, edited so well there were so many scenes in that film that were just so uh I'm trying to think of the word but like 
poignant. I mean, even like there was a scene with Paul Soder's character where he was just kind of sitting there like at the, I think the gas station or the, the repair ah. shop. Like even knowing what was that part of the movie in itself and then just that scene was, I really liked that a lot. I just thought like the lighting, the everything was just really spot on and perfect. Um, going back to him and then kind of like Tiffany Haddish and the whole like comedy thing. Um, I, I kind of noticed a pattern in some of your films, like again, saying that I'm such a big, like I'm a big comedy fan, like stand up comedy fan, comedic yeah. films. And I think that like comedy, I think comedy and horror can kind of walk a fine line. Yeah. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but like a lot of comics that I like, their their comedy comes from a place of darkness, but yeah, they make yeah. it funny. Um, and I noticed that, like, does that was your experience at the comedy store? Like, did that give you a chance to like? Because I, you know, I noticed like you had Paul Soder in Badlands of Cain, um, yeah. Carlos, and can you please help me with the pronunciation of his last name yeah. if you happen all, to know all it? All is Rocky. All is Rocky. <laughs> I That's it. God, thank you so much. Um, because he was just he was just a few episodes back was on the Church of What's Happening Now, which is Joey Diaz's podcast, and I'm a big fan yep. of Joey Diaz, um, another stand up great stand up comic. And uh, not only was he in, uh, he had that great character in Funhouse Massacre. He also had yep. that little small part in uh, Find Me. Um, yeah. Yep. Did did that kind of happen on purpose to like cast actors that had more of a comedic background in your films? I, I, or I love I love I love casting against type and I awesome. love casting comedians in dark roles because they they because they love it so much. I remember we were we were like we went fisticuffs with our um, casting director about Paul Soder because Paul Soder was he was a friend of a friend of my producing partner Warner Davis <laughs> and. Um, you know, for us on the budget, that, that type to have somebody like him was like a, it was this huge, you know, this huge deal. Uh, but our casting director was so against, he's like, this guy, you know, he looks, he looks like a clown. It's just going <laughs> to, he's going to, just going to ruin your movie and stuff like that. And I just, I was like, I was like, sir, I'm sorry, you're, you're wrong. Like, I was like, comedians, they, they draw from really dark places yes. and they love playing this. I mean, I remember watching Patton Oswalt and. What was the, the football movie he did? It was like it was the fan. It was like the fan or like Die Hard fan or something like that. Do you guys ever see that movie? Oh, uh, um, yeah. She's looking yeah. at because we're we're like I can't look at my phone right now because uh, you're on it. No. But. <laughs> oh yeah, I will look that up because that's like great a movie. Die Hard Giants fan. And he gets beat up by one of the players, and it's just like the obsession turns out, and he's so incredible in it. And I just I love comedians and, and Paul. When we sat down, with Paul and. Harry was originally, like, written in this kind of, like, very gravitas, like, the sermon was very, like, big and bold and stuff like that, and, and Paul was like, I'm not really, he's like, two things, he goes, I really love this script, he goes, I'm not really feeling, like, the kind of the big gravitas, I feel like there's, like, this kind of just this subtle tinge of, of creepiness to him, and I'd like to play him very understated, and I also want to get, like, those 50s sort of, like, you know, like, pharmacist glasses, and I was like, cool man that sounds awesome and sure enough we, we and, and that's like he just the first day he was on set was his sermon like so it was like a big oh. like a big scene and it's so fucking i was like oh my god we're in really good shape because every scene he does is so and he's paul is a huge horror movie fan i mean he he, oh, he wrote um he wrote 
the December version of the Bloom House. You know, the Bloom House does those, the, 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 I think it's called Into the Dark on Hulu. Oh, um, really? So every they, yeah, every month they do a new movie that's like based on a, a holiday, and he did the December one, the Christmas one this year. So he wrote that. He okay, I need to watch it. For, um, yeah, he did a movie for, um, oh, you know, they used to do the eight, well, I can't remember what the company is, they used to do like the eight films to die for. Um, yes. Every year, I can't remember what they're. I can't remember what they're called, but he did. He did a movie called Dark Circles for them. But he was a huge horror fan, so that was like that made it like double easy. And then Carlos, same thing. And 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 I don't know if you guys know, but I I have a movie that Carlos wrote that I directed that comes out this year. We're actually premiering uh, at the Haw Comedy Festival in like a month. But it's a it's a it's a zombie comedy. It's a zomcom. And it's hysterical and gory and gross, and I think you guys are gonna love it. What's it called? Um, it's called uh, it's called Witness Infection. Done. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna well, I'm gonna send I'll send that with Colebrook, and, or, and we can, like, we'll, we'll we'll talk about doing like another fun thing because yeah, Witness is super fun. It's uh um it, Carlos wrote it with an actress named Jill Michelle Melian, and it's basically about these two mob families. Uh, from New Jersey, they get accidentally witnessed relocated to Lake Elsinore, California, and because they're the only two like Italian mob families in town, they're constantly just at each other's throats. So they decide to call a peace, and so the son of one family has to marry the daughter of the other, and then the zombie apocalypse breaks out. Like, oh my god! Courtship, <laughs> like the zombie apocalypse breaks out. It's, uh, it's really fun. That's oh my really gosh, fantastic. that's amazing. Um, and if our if our fans like if our listeners don't know, I probably should have prefaced this um paul soder was in if people don't know was in super troopers he was in club dread he was in yeah those those all of those guys are hysterical so yeah and then um carlos was in of course reno 911 um but he's also done like a ton of voiceover work rocco's modern life and cat dog and he was the taco bell dog and yeah like the guy like go on and on and on and on and on like their background so when you go to carlos house in Burbank he introduces it as the house that Taco Bell built oh my god <laughs> that's great that's oh amazing yeah I love I love that guy like I he's, he's amazing he's yeah an amazing guy. and that's yeah. so that's he, so awesome that you're still working with him that is that is yeah. really cool there's one thing I if yeah. there's anything I love I love seeing because like I follow everything James Wan does I follow everything Mike Flanagan does and I follow everything that you do and oh, I, I just, it. I love seeing the same actors in yeah. different films yeah, yeah. because yeah, you know that they get along so well with the directors and the directors must love them. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love like bringing, I, I like, you know, like Eric should, I mean, there's so many fun house people and, uh, I mean, you saw, we have two fun house people. You'll see, we have two fun house people in Colebrook. Uh, or three actually. We have because uh, Courtney Gaines. Courtney Gaines came back. Yes, so, I did oh, see yeah. that. Yeah, <laughs> yep, I yeah, saw that. So we have Courtney Gaines, Candace Devister, who played Dollface, and Mikey Reed, um, uh, who played Mikey in in uh, in Fun Out. They all come back. Uh, and then in Witness Infection, I have I have Carlos. I have Robert Peters, who is the other DJ in Fun House. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. I have I have Eric Shavaria, who played uh, who played Machete. Um, I love him. So, yeah, we, we brought a ton. Of, we brought a ton of people back from the Yeah, it's, it's you. You. I mean, these people like they become. They're like your family, and like you just you want to keep working with them and creating these kind of fantastical characters with them. And it, it is. And then you create a shorthand, and it's so 
it's so e- much easier as a director just to be like, yeah, yeah, do that, you know, do this thing like you did, and oh, yeah, yeah okay. You know, <laughs> like, it's so... Exactly. Nice, yeah, you, know? you can make those references where you're like, yeah, do that thing that you did in that one movie, and they're like, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, I saw when you, because uh, I was looking at movies that you were coming out with, and when I saw this one, I was like, I'm, I love Daniel Harris. I have, I have been watching oh, yeah. movies with Daniel Harris since I started watching horror. And, yeah. um, when I saw she was in it, I was like, no fucking way. I was yeah. like, I'm so stoked right now. And then I was like, Chad Michael Murray from House of Wax. What? Yeah. Another yeah. horror. Me like One Tree Hill. Oh, sorry. <laughs> House yeah, of yeah. Wax. <laughs> Forever. <laughs> um, hashtag Lucas oh, Scott forever. Dawson's, oh my god, he was, he on, was Dawson's on Dawson's Creek. Creek. Yeah, Dawson's Creek was, was mine. He likes to be on shows yeah, that have, like, Creek. locations, like One Tree yeah, yeah. Hill. Oh, he, he loved one Hill, he One Creek. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He, he absolutely loved living in Wilmington, yeah. Oh, for sure. Danielle, and I hope, what I hope is that Danielle becomes that next person that I get to work with on every film, because she is, like... She is just so damn awesome. I, I can't even, like, it's, it's hard to even, like, put into words how much fun it is to work with Danielle Harris because she is, I don't know, she's she's just so, she's so fiery, she's so passionate, and it's just, like, and she, she's been in this business so long that there's just, there's just never any bullshit. It's like, what do you need? We're going to knock this out, and, like, and, you know, every everything is, um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's, it's effortless working with her. And uh, and then she's just a cool person to be. You know? Oh so yeah, she, I've I've, I've met her twice. Yeah, I I've, I've met her twice at Horror Hound, and I'm like, I will meet every time you come. Yeah, every single time you come, like I've gotten two autographs from you. I'll continue <laughs> to get autographs yeah. from you because she's yeah. she's one of the nicest people. And at some point, yeah. I will need to meet her because, like I said, I'm in my mid thirties. I feel like I've grown <laughs> up with her, like from Halloween to. Uh, when she was on Roseanne, which like so many yeah. people don't remember that she was yeah, on Roseanne. She was such an edgy character on that. On oh, Roseanne. Like, uh, like, I had the biggest know, crush on her. <laughs> oh, honey, both, <laughs> both like, of us. She's kind of like uh, ultimately like an unlikable character, but she's like, but there's like there was such a like vulnerability to her. Yes. Uh, and, and, yeah, yeah, she, she was so good. That last voice guy, I actually when we were doing oh last voice down commentary for. We were doing the audio commentary for, for Colebrook. I was like, Danielle, the other night I was watching The Last Boy Scout, and I was like, I think we should do The Last Girl Scout. <laughs> and it's you and Damon Waynes Jr., and you have your own PI firm now. Oh, my and you God. you like cross the wrong people, and you have to go into hiding, and, and, and your dad retired to the Florida Keys, and so you got to go down to his place. And then, like, it's you, Damon Waynes Jr., and Bruce Willis against all the bad guys. Oh, like, oh please. God, Hey, is there a GoFundMe page for this? Because I'll donate. Kickstarter this right now. Let's do this. Yeah, for sure. Um, I also very audibly. So I, uh, I'm a huge going back to like directors that work with a lot of the same actors. Um, and this doesn't relate to horror, but I'm a I'm a huge Martin Scorsese and Quentin Tarantino fan. And I, it took me. So I've seen Once Upon a Time, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, way more times than I'd like to admit. And 
it took me till I think the second, yeah, it was actually the second time that I saw it that I noticed uh, Danielle's scene in it. That's right. She she got that part while while we were in um, while we were shooting in Oklahoma. She came out of her trailer one day and she's like, "I'm going to be in in Quentin's new movie." And I was like, first of all, the fact that you just get to call him Quentin." <laughs> But, Excuse um, me, Mr. Tarantino. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, she was pretty. She was pretty stoked. She was pretty stoked, and she was so. We were we were just talking about it the, a couple weeks ago at the commentary. She was so pregnant when she was like. I, mean, I was, she was like. Yeah, she was like they had to like because they were shooting out at this like film ranch in a way out of town in the in the in the in those scenes. And she was like, you know, like production, like knew that like there there might have to be an ambulance at any moment because I was ready to I was ready to roll here. So <laughs> I in the middle of filming, and she's like, my water just broke. Um, yeah, because oh, yeah. <laughs> I noticed that too. Yeah. I I kind of I was like, oh, okay, so that that obviously was not a suit. She was very <laughs> pregnant yeah. at the time yeah, and very pregnant her, in the movie. Yeah. yeah, yeah, she had her second son like literally. Weeks after, I think she wrapped. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Oh, that's so yeah. awesome. That's so yeah. awesome. Um, I also wanted to mention. So, kind of going back to, uh, I, you know, since we're on the topic of Quentin Tarantino, the man. Um, yeah. Quentin. Quentin. Let's call him Quentin. Mr. Now. Tarantino. <laughs> um, I, I think it's close. I think it's close friends get to call him Q. Q. Oh. oh. Oh, I, I'm not yeah. doing that. I can't do that. I can't. <laughs> no, no, we're not. We're not worthy. We're I can't. Not, like, we are not worthy. Yeah. That's like people yeah. that get to call Robert De Niro Bobby. I'd be like, oh my god, there's no way. There's literally no way ever, yeah. Yeah. ever yeah. in life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or like when, or like when I get to call Mister, when I get to call Joe Dante Mister Dante, it's like you know, it's, it's the same. It's the same thing. So. Oh. <laughs> yeah, you're Mr. Dante. You you just you're Mr. Dante. I'm like, hey Joe, it's Mr. Dante to you. Yeah, absolutely. Sorry, I knew that. I knew that. I'm sorry. No. Well, now now no. you're just Billy right to me. Now. So I'm just like Billy. Billy. I'll see you at Horror Hound and I'm <laughs> scream, scream Billy across yes. the room. <laughs> and he'll know. And he'll just know. He'll know. Right. I'll know. I'm going. Are you guys going to Horror Hound in uh? In March? I am. She is. I'm I'm still undecided. I may be going out of town, so Well witness, witness infection just got a don't but don't say anything. Witness infection may or may not be there. because they're they haven't made the announcement. But witness infection may or may not be there. So oh. we'll, be able to screen it. we'll be able to screen it. Maybe, but maybe not. Well but don't maybe. so don't are you coming with the original exclusive? Are you actually I, coming? I am, I am planning I'm planning on being in attendance, yes. Oh, fuck yes. I'm excited. I haven't seen you in so long. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. Nice. Yep. So yeah, I'm going to, I'm definitely going to, I'm going to see you from across the room and I'm just going to scream Billy. <laughs> <laughs> I will know exactly who that is. Ted, stop. In the room. I'll be like, oh, well, Chris yep, is yep, here. Yep. <laughs> Got it. Um, your two movies in particular, um, there's a scene, Funhouse Massacre and Badlands and Kane. There's a the opening scene of Funhouse Massacre and then the kind of like hotel drunk party scene between the two friends in yeah. Badlands of Cain. Um, I really loved the music choices in those movies. And the reason why I mentioned Quentin Tarantino, um, I'll even mention another director kind of more in horror realm, uh, back to Danielle Harris, Rob Zombie. Like they pick really great music in their movies and certain <clears throat> certain music and like those scenes I mentioned in your films really made those scenes 
Um, do you pick the music in your movies or do you have like a sound editor or anybody that's in charge of that? Yeah, I mean, it's so, it's so crazy because it's such, it's such different. Those are, you know, it's like, they're such different, different worlds. Uh, so like, Funhouse, like I always, you know, because I came up in editing and stuff like that, I always do a scratch track. So basically I'll just start yanking in music from movies that I love and, and stuff like that to like just kind of create the tone. And then we bring in, we bring in the composer and in Funhouse's case, we had uh, Public Jones come in and do, and do the songs and stuff like that. So I have songs laid in the cut and I go, <laughs> this is the vibe, you know, what can you, what do you think? And like, you know, the opening public Jones song on, uh, in Funhouse that just that don't, don't like, I was just like, Oh my God, this is, cause I don't know if you guys know, but that's like a total, like it's a total homage to the opening of, uh, of from dusk till dawn. I like the opening of from dusk till dawn. Oh, when wow. the, the, fucking, the gas station is exploding and you hear that, that steel guitar comes in and then the way that the, the titles come in it's exactly like fun oh. I'm, I'm a huge Robert Rodriguez nerd so I knew I wanted to open Funhouse Massacre just like From Dust Till Dawn especially because we had Robert we had Robert Kurtzman as our makeup designer and he wrote From Dust Till Dawn <laughs> so it's like okay so it's like um, you know. <laughs> I didn't even notice that until you sang that now and my I'm heart, like oh my god my heart just watch, went watch, watch the opening of From Dust Till Dawn and watch the opening of Funhouse Massacre there they're, it, homage may be a kind, a kind way of saying I totally ripped Robert off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm so Robert Kurtzman. I got, um, I got to fortunately meet him, uh, at a, uh, it was a Cincinnati comic expo, another convention that's here in the fall. Um, and this has been some years back. I actually even got to interview him with a, a friend's, uh, production company and um it was so surreal because at the time he had just finished tusk with um kevin smith and he had the the walrus there and i just wanted to take it home with me and (laughs) he is such a cool guy i mean he was so laid back and i i like going through the list of all the films he had worked on i just was it like made my head explode that i was even standing in his presence i was like dude you are like this is crazy. I'm such a huge fan. Um, and yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. Looking back, I've seen from dusk till dawn more time, like so many times. And so now that you mentioned that, the, it's, I can't believe I didn't even catch that. Like that was just, yeah. that's perfect. That was perfect. Yeah. It's very, it's very similar. Yeah. It's very similar. Now Bob is, he's so, Bob Christmas is, is awesome. He's, he's such a cool guy. I, and like, I can't wait to work with him. Uh, I can't wait to work with him again because uh, I just his whole crew, him and 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 uh, David Greyhouse and Becky Ingram are just like they're so they're so awesome. And I remember when we we went because his shop was in in Ohio where we shot yep. Funhouse, and so we went up to Crestline and you walk in his his um his studio is an old bowling alley like it was like a fully like gutted bowling alley and. It's so it's it's so awesome, but dude, you just see the posters on the wall and the pictures and all the stuff he's done. And then you come in and you see all the creatures like they had when we went in. I mean, it hadn't even come out yet, but they had the they had the life size yoga hosers monster. Uh, oh my in, god! In the, in the room while we were doing the read through of the script and stuff, and late the wolves from late phases and like all this all this stuff. And dude, he's so I was just a kid. I was a kid in a candy store, man. I was just like, <laughs> it doesn't get better. It doesn't get better than this. And Bob is really the reason. 
he, he like solidified, I mean, I don't know if Robert would have come on, on board or not, but he solidified Robert England coming on board because we were doing the script read-through and talking about the makeup and stuff like that, and we took a break for lunch, and, 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 and Bob pulled me over, and he goes, hey, man, I just got a call from Robert England, and I said, oh, yeah, we're, we're trying to get him in the movie, and he goes, yeah, he wanted to know, like, you know, is this cool and everything like that, and he goes, well, it's like, I like you guys, I think you guys are cool, so I told Bob, I told Robert he should, he should do it, and then Robert England literally said yes that day, so, like, I, you know, like, I owe Bob for, I owe Bob for that to kind of be like, yeah, these guys aren't total losers, and you should come do this movie, you know? Yeah, yeah. Seeing Robert England in that, I remember being in the like in that room that we all watched the screening of it, and I was like, "Mother of God, that's yeah. Robert England." I was like, "That's my man. It's pretty." He's so awesome, and you know, I just watched it. I just watched the opening of Funhouse the other day because I was, I think, what was I doing? I was, oh, I was pulling, I was pulling feathers. Another movie that I'm, I'm possibly attached to, and they wanted to see all the gore. They wanted to see all the gore gags that I had done and stuff like that because it's like kind of a kind of a gory movie. And so I was, I was yanking all the ones from Funhouse because they were like, oh, we don't want to, you know, sit and have to watch the whole movie on Prime. And I'm like, I, I get it, you know. And so, so, so I was like pulling all the door gags. But I, but I found myself just, just kind of watching that opening scene because he just, he's so, he's so good. Like he mm-hmm. just, every choice he makes is so, you know. And he's like, it, it's just so good, you know. Welcome, welcome to No Man's Land, Miss Quinn. And you're just like, oh my God, I completely buy everything you're saying right now. So. And people, so, fun, well, fun oh, fact yeah. about that part. So, I saw Funhouse Massacre like two or three times before Halloween that year, or the next year. I'm sorry, the year after. And I wanted to dress up as Dollface. Yeah. Oh, I love that character. And um, I did. I did. I did. I send you a picture of that. No, I don't know if you did or not. But you, I, if you didn't, send a resend it. To I me, I, I definitely will. Um, and everyone was asking me who she was because no one saw the movie, and I said. She's basically a bad Harley Quinn. And then I was like, yeah. well, Harley Quinn is bad. So I'm like, think of a more evil, sinister version of Harley Quinn. Didn't even hear that her last name in the movie was Quinn yeah. until yeah, I yeah. rewatched it after I had done that. And I was like, mother of God, her last name is Quinn. I did not even yeah, yeah. catch that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, that was like when Ben, when Ben, um, Ben Ernie wrote the script, like, that was kind of the way it was described to me. It was like, it was just like, they're like, if Arkham had just gone even worse, you know, if Arkham was even worse than, worse than it is in real life, that's what this, that's what this place is like. And I'm like, ooh, I like that. That's cool. So yeah, I mean, Ben, Ben is a huge comic book guy and, uh, you know, that, all that stuff plays, yeah, played very heavily, uh, in, in all those characters for sure. I didn't even take into account the, the connection, like Arkham and then it's a, you know, an insane asylum and. That's awesome. I didn't get it either until I heard her name was Quinn. I was like, oh my God, it's like Arkham Asylum. Oh, for sure. I mean, I'm all, I'm all about, like, I mean, I'm a pop culture nerd, so, like, all my movies have just stupid, ref- I mean, tons of references to pop culture. I mean, there's a line, there's a line in Funhouse that, um, that uh, Jerry Burns says to Courtney Gaines, and he goes, uh, he's, 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 he calls him Pinocchio. And, yes. and, and that's what that's what Bruce Dern calls uh, that's what Bruce Dern calls Courtney Gaines in the Burbs. Goes, hey Pinocchio. Oh, <laughs> perfect. So I was like, we we always do. And then when you guys watch, I mean, I went I went crazy on Camp Holbrook because you know Joe Dante was our executive producer and he's a legend, you know. And 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 he did that with Gremlins. Like if you watch Gremlins, Spielberg was the executive producer. Yep. You know when you see the when you see the billboard for Rock and Ricky Rialto, it's like an homage to Temple of Doom and stuff like that. There's like you know 
And so I did. I, I went crazy with it. So if you guys, when you guys watch Camp Colebrook, there's tons of references to, to Joe Dante's movies. There are lines that are, like, written to the dialogue. There's, like, visuals that you'll see that are like, oh, that's from so-and-so and stuff like that. I, I, I'm a huge fan of that. I can't wait. Yeah, I, I watch. I watch Gremlins. Gremlins is. I watch Gremlins every Christmas. I'm one of these people okay. where I'm like, if you try to tell me Gremlins and Die Hard are not Christmas movies, I will fight <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah. Like they're Christmas movies. <laughs> they are. Yeah, you know, Joe is like such a. Um, Joe, he's a really, really, really humble guy, and. Um, That's awesome. And he I, he doesn't buy into his own mystique at all. But we were when we were doing when we were at Horrorhound with with Camp Holbrook. A couple years ago, we did. He did like an hour of signing and stuff like that. And this guy came up and, and he and he was like, hands were shaking as he was having Joe sign something. I can't remember what it was, but he goes, "I just want to let you know that my dad and I don't get along, but like every Christmas, he and I watch Gremlins together. Like mm-hmm. that's our thing." And I was like, I, I was like, I was like crying. I'm like that. There's there's nothing. There's no Oscar. There's no award that could ever eclipse the fact that like you know this guy has a troubled relationship with a parent or a sibling or something like that. But the thing that bonds them would be my movie, you know? And I was just like, man, that like, what the hell? That's, there's nothing better than that. You know, I look, I, you know, I hope someday to, to make a movie like that and kind of be in that position. I think Joe does that. You know, there's, there's something very bonding. I mean, people love the burps, you know, like even now it's 30, 30 plus years later. And it's just, it seems, it seems so contemporary. It's a classic. Way, you know? It really it's is timeless. a classic. Yeah. And that's <clears throat> funny you say that because I grew up like my mom, my mom was really the big horror person. My dad, not so much, but my mom, like, it's just, it's interesting enough that like Night on Elm Street and Children of the Corn were like my mom's favorites. And then you have like both of them in one movie. <laughs> it, was, yeah. it was almost like surreal the first time I saw Funhouse Massacre seeing Robert England and then seeing Courtney Gaines. Yeah. And yeah, I like, I like I like Courtney a lot too. Courtney and I, we definitely he's in he's in Coldbrook too, and yeah, Courtney and I are uh, he's a, he's a good guy. He's a real fun guy to hang with. That's awesome. That's really cool. Um, I I did want to ask something about Funhouse. So, um, can I just say for me personally <laughs> that this movie is like all encompassed in like my worst nightmares of. Of a, of a of a haunted house ever <laughs> that yeah. like something like this could potentially happen and just like total psychos take over a haunted house and like kill everybody and because I and I've told it on the podcast before but I'll tell it again since I'm you know because I'm telling you about it so I had a really I actually went to my first ever haunted house last year at at 35 <laughs> like never had been to a haunted house before um because yeah. well, I actually had I had a really bad experience when I was a kid <laughs> with a haunted house <laughs> Um, I had a full, I had a full on panic attack. They had to shut the oh, whole, no. <laughs> so, oh, no. I can, so I can it also started her fear of clowns. I can laugh about it yeah. now, but so I was like 10 years old. I go to this haunted house with my mom and my brother. I get separated from my mom and my brother and I end up in the clown room and I was already terrified of clowns at that point as a kid. So I like, I must've blacked out from the panic attack and woke up and they had like shut the whole thing down. They had, uh, called the EMT. They had like had me on oxygen. Like all the actors are standing around. (laughs) It was very, it was traumatizing then. I can laugh about it now, but, um, obviously for years didn't, 
didn't go to haunted houses. Like, loved horror, loved watching, like, loved, there was always a difference between sitting in the comfort of my home and watching something versus, like, going out and actually physically being scared. So I didn't for years. And then uh, Casper Casper talked me into going to this one this past year. And I'm so glad I did. Because I I went to like 15 last year. (laughs) Well, I had a ball. I had an absolute, I had the best time ever. I actually laughed the whole time and and took in, well, it's called Dent Schoolhouse. They actually do a Christmas Krampus theme um, every year in December. And, uh, yeah, it's really awesome. And, um, the decor of the place was so amazing. Gorgeous. And so I'm like taking in all the like interior design and like laughing a few times. And so it was a really great experience. And I just think like, but for me, Funhouse Massacre was one of those where I'm like, oh my God, like this is, this is, this is one of these movies of why I never wanted to go to a haunted house before because. I'm like, yeah. holy shit, this could fucking happen. Um, yeah. What what made you, like, A, come up with that concept? Was it similar to my thought? or And also, like, what what led you to, to picking um, Land of Illusion in, in Ohio, like one of our, you know, big famous haunted houses here? Yeah, yeah. So, well, I, so the thing is, like, I I got, this was all, this was all Ben, ben and Renee that came up with the concept, the writers. Uh, and, 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 but, but it was literally exactly as you described. They were at, they were, uh, they were at, uh, Halloween, uh, Halloween Horror Nights at Universal Studios. And they're just kind of, they were on like the tram and all this kind of chaos is going on around them. And, and I think then they both kind of collectively were like, what if this was real? And nobody really knew about it. And then that was like their, that was like their thing. And they just, they just kind of took off with that. They took off with that idea. So that, I mean, exactly what you described is, is what they were doing they, when they, when they wrote it. Um, and then as far as Land of Illusion goes, they're, Ben and Renee are both from Ohio. And so when you read the script, it felt very Ohio. Um, and, and we knew that Ohio had good tax incentives. And then we had, so we reached out to a, we reached out to a line producer out in Cincinnati. Uh, and we said, hey, we're interested in bringing a film here. Here's our budget. We're looking for like haunted house stuff. And she goes, oh man, I come from this town. Uh, it's called Middletown. And I, and the moment she said that, I just like, I freaked the F out because when I was pitching the movie, like we were trying to raise financing and I was pitching the movie to people or talking to actors about it. I, I kept describing the town as, as like, you know, it's kind of Middletown, Ohio, not like the, the, the name proper, but like, not like a, but like to describe like the size where it's like, it's not like a big city, but it's not like a super small town. So I just kept calling it a Middletown. And then the fact that this place was in Middletown, Ohio, I was like, that's really creepy and cosmic. And and that's exactly um, how and Middletown she, got their name, yeah. too, coincidentally. <laughs> yeah, oh, there you go. And so we, um, yeah, so we flew out, my producing partner and I flew out and met with Brett, the owner, and it was freezing. We were planning on shooting and like, we had gotten the money and then it was all of a sudden this amazing crunch to get the movie going. And so, and it was freezing in, like freezing in Ohio. Like we were like trudging through the snow and Brett kept going, ah, oh, don't worry, don't worry. This is all going to be melted by the time you're here in a month and a half. And we're like, is it? Cause I feel like I'm going to die of frostbite here. You know? like, <laughs> it was so, it was so cold, but the place was just insane. Just like room after room. And it, and it really became the more, more importantly than the haunted, like than the haunted attraction stuff was they had this entire building that was completely vacant uh, and, a, and a warehouse that was completely vacant that he would like rent out from time to time. 
But then it was a perfect place for all of our production offices. And then we built a bunch of the sets in the warehouse. And so we were, we had like our own back lot. Like we literally, the barbecue place, and then there's like two other places in the whole movie that don't take place at Land of Illusion. And, and to have the freedom to like not have to do these big company moves and stuff like that, it, 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 it saved us, you know? So yeah, that, that's how it came to be. It just got recommended, but it was, it definitely felt very karmic for sure. Yeah, that's all. I I was such a big fan of that. I mean, like I said, going I, when I saw Land of Illusion, I was like, no, f- Land of Illusion is twenty minutes from us. Yeah, if that. Yeah, it's 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 an incredible place. It's an incredible place. And yeah. um, I loved, you know, again going back to another actor with a comedic back. I loved when I saw Jerry Burns. I mean, I'm I'm old enough yeah. to remember like Dear John. Like I remember Dear that John, show yeah. back in the day. Yeah. And then you know yeah. he's been on Angie Tribeca more recently. Um. I, I I was I couldn't believe it was him. I was like, oh my god! Like it was yeah. just, and he nailed that character. I mean, so, just so nailed good. it. Yeah. He really did. I, I, I remember him. Um, I remember him from Dear John. He also had this like very short-lived NBC sitcom where he was like a really good guy. He was a dad, you know. He was very like he was like a really like I can't remember what it was called. Um, uh, and then. Uh, and then the one that stuck out to me, he was a villain on, on like an arc of Burn Notice, and he was so good. You're right. On this. Yeah. yeah. And that's You're right. when we saw, when the casting director, um, she's like, hey, you know, what do you think about Jerry Burns? And I thought about that character from Burn Notice, and I'm like, dude, he is incredible. Yeah, it's going to, you know, you think we can get him? And, and we were able to, and he's, he's awesome. And I, I'm a huge fan, and this, you know, this goes to, you know, this is Jerry and Danielle and, and Chad and, and all these guys. I'm a huge fan of, of actors that have done television because yes. in television, there's just, there's zero fucking around every minute counts. And, and yeah. so like, they are just, they never miss a mark. They never miss a line. They just like, everything is just like from a directing standpoint, it's like you make like maybe one little tweak. We try it this way, something like that. But it's just like, there's never any, like, I don't know my lines. I don't know where the camera is and stuff like that. And, and Jerry, Jerry was like that. And those guys like set the tone. So like anytime Jerry was on set, you know, it was like everybody else was just like, boom, everybody was on their game because he was just, he was not messing around. It was awesome. He's a, he's a really cool guy. That's, that's so cool. Cause I feel like, and it's <clears> funny <throat> you mentioned that, like I'm such a cinephile, like even with TV and movies and you get such a, you get such a short span of time with a television show to shoot yeah. and, and have it all done. So you're absolutely yeah. right. Working with people that have a um, background in TV, it's like, or or people that have a background in theater, it's kind of the same thing, you know, because you don't get it. You yeah. can't go cut what's my line when right. you're in the middle of a play. Totally. You know, you've got totally. you got to know it and own it and do it. And you've got to do maybe two shows that night, the whole weekend. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, so you've got to be on your game and on your mark and and know what you're doing. Um, yeah. So as far as like going back to some of your older stuff and even newer stuff, where do you get the? Because uh, I see you you also write a lot of your own films. So where do you actually get the inspiration for those? Is it stuff you drew up as a kid? Stuff you drew up when you were in college, or like what was the yeah, inspiration behind all those? Yeah, just sort of all of the above. It's just like you know, just it's just like my you know my I always say my mom was a. 
my mom was a history teacher and my dad was a fisherman. And so between the two, you know, there were a lot of stories. Uh, there were a lot of stories passed around our house, you know, like, you know, my, you know, my dad would tell, you know, tales of, you know, I mean, he wasn't a professional fisherman, but my dad loved to fish and he loved to tell the, you know, tell the stories of, oh man, the one time I caught the fish and it was this big and, and my mom was a history teacher. And when we were kids and we go on family vacations, this was pre like iPads and, and TVs and cars and stuff. And so my mom would, would uh would tell us like greek myths and stuff like that you know so we learned all about you know uh jason and the argonauts and you know theseus and the minotaur and all these kind of like all these kind of stories and i was just i was i just i just reveled in that and i just i just loved them so much and so just any sort of story um you know is is a good one and i just want to like you know i just want to keep like telling stuff but yeah and inspiration draws from from all these places and it's funny like I've always had hands in, you know, I started writing with the intention of being a writer-director, and then as, as stuff morphed, I, I was just sort of, you know, like, you know, I would, I would, I, we would take a script, and then I'd have to, I'd have to write stuff basically to kind of make it fit for either our locations or our budget and stuff like that, uh, and, I, you know, I think I do a director pass and stuff like that, but I really want to get back to being a writer-director in this year, um, uh, I'm partnering with Ben Bagley, who wrote Funhouse, and we're gonna write like three scripts together, and like, and but like big high concept, like you know, like more like that would be on like a Netflix or like uh, you know, like a big streaming service or something like that, little big, big, bigger budget stuff. But we're doing, um, we're doing like three, we're gonna do like three comedies. One's like an action comedy. Two are like an action comedy. One is like a, a really like underdog sports story. Uh, and stuff like that, and I want to get back into into writing and directing more because I I um I really I really want to like have a movie really truly be my own, you know. Oh, it's so awesome! I, I definitely every time like I've seen your other movies, but Funhouse Massacre is definitely the movie where I'm like that was directed by Andy Palmer. Like that was yeah, yeah. that's like it, your identifier for me, anyways. No, totally, yeah. It's, I mean. It's, <laughs> I had the most resources I had, like, you know, it's, 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 you know, it's, it's, it's definitely the most me on a plate, so to speak, you know, so to speak, but I think Coldbrook in a lot of ways is too, I can't, I am excited for you guys to see that. Um, and, uh, yeah, for sure. But, but Funhouse, it's just, it's very, it's very special to me because it, it just kind of encompasses all the, all the things I love about movies that, you know, the, the kind of color of, of the eighties, eighties horror movies and, and that kind of meta self-aware humor. And I mean, it's just, it's all, it's all, it's all me. And, and, uh, I just, I want to keep doing movies like that for sure. I think witness infection is, is, uh, is, is, is kind of goes back to those roots, that horror comedy. I feel very, I feel very comfortable and happy in the horror comedy space. Uh, and so like, I want to kind of branch out and keep doing comedies, even though I love, I love horror and suspense and stuff like that. But the the comedy aspect of it for me is, uh, is that's the most satisfying for sure. That's funny you say that. Cause like, I, you know, we were talking before we recorded, like how much I really loved Badlands of Cain and, and how I felt like it was just, Oh, it was such a, I, I really, you know, I'm, I'm a fan of all spectrum spectrums of horror, but one of my real favorites are the psychological ones. And I felt like that yeah. movie was very, I mean, there was, it was like Hitchcockian, a little Lovecraftian, yeah. a little, <laughs> you know, I mean, and then the like OGs. It, the ending a lot, a lot of, really, a lot, Twilight, a lot of Twilight Zone. Oh, I, huge. I, I, I love the Twilight Zone. There's a lot of that in yeah, for sure. For yeah, sure. even a little bit of um, I don't know if you're familiar with um, it uh, uh, in the mouth of madness. 
Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Sure. Oh, that's yeah. one of my favorite, favorite films that was adapted from an H.P. Yeah. Lovecraft story. And there's there's even yeah. parts, you know, with the town and everything. There's, there's you know, the town of Cain. There's even parts of it. Like, once the movie's going and once you start to feel realize what's going on, you're like, oh, my God. And the way it ended was like, whoa, big boom yeah. at the end. Yeah. And, uh, but... Funhouse Massacre was just that. It was fun. Like, it yep. was... Yeah. And I, I'm i a big fan of horror... Co- I mean, like, Evil Dead, uh, Army yeah. of Darkness, I still... And I've and I've got to meet Bruce Campbell, which was just incredible, because uh, where Evil Dead started and then kind of what encompassed into Army of Darkness, I mean, that was really funny. Mm-hmm. It was really funny. Yeah. I mean, that movie still holds up to this day. And then, of course, they did Ash vs. Evil Dead, which Amazing. was hysterical. Um, oh, so that was everything up, I ever wanted. I was like, oh, oh my God. it was, it yeah. was hysterical. I love, I love that series. Yeah, I it was great. Yeah, I can't, I can't wait for you guys to watch Witness Inspection because I, I, I mean, I, 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 I tried to channel my best Raimi with like, there's some crazy kills and, and some fun like zombie uh, fights and and stuff like that. So I'm, I'm excited for you guys to watch Witness Inspection because that was, that was kind of my idea. A lot of like snap zoom, a lot of funny camera moves and stuff like that so i think you guys will i think you guys will dig witness and like i said i'm really i i personally am really excited that you're working with carlos again because i have been (laughs) i've been a big fan of his for so long and all of our listeners he was just like like i said he was on the church of what's happening now a few weeks back so everybody needs to listen to that podcast if they're not familiar with his background work um because he's he's great and i and i can't wait to see it um I wanted to go into uh, a little bit, since I know that um, Camp Coldbrook is coming out next week, like, not to give away too many spoilers, but, like, kind of what, maybe give us a little background into what the movie's about. Um, yeah. Yeah, so it's um, it's uh, it's about a paranormal, like, a paranormal investigative, like, reality show called Haunt Squad. And nice. they are on the cusp of being canceled. They're, they they find out that at the beginning of the movie that their show is, is winding down. And so Chad Michael Murray plays the host of the show, Jack Wilson, and he... Oh, that's perfect. Pitches the network. Yeah, he sort of pitches the network, which is Courtney Gaines is the head of the network, uh, that, that they have one that like no one has ever heard of, and it's going to be something incredible, and it's going to bring the show back and stuff like that. And so basically Courtney makes a deal with them and says, hey, listen, if it's everything you say, then, you know, we can talk, we'll discuss it. So Jack kind of gets this reprieve, only he has, he is completely full of shit, he has no idea, and so there's this whole, you know, basically the setup is the the Haunt Squad sitting around talking about where they're going to go next, what story can save the show, and stuff like that, and their their newest employee um, mentions that on the fan site, someone had mentioned, why haven't they ever done uh, a story about Coldbrook? And it's about a summer camp where all the kids one night uh, basically drown themselves in the, in the creek nearby and just mysteriously just literally walked into the lake and never walked out. And um, and they're like, well, that's intriguing. We've never heard of this and stuff like that. And it really, like, catches Jack's attention. And so they decide that they're going to go out to Colebrook, just the four of them, which is Jack, uh, Candace DeVisser, who plays Emma, um, uh, Mikey Reed, uh, who plays Kevin, he's like the he's like the cinematographer, and then Daniel Harris, who plays the producer, uh, and she plays Angela. 
and another another Ode to Sleepaway Camp shirt. Her name's Angela, and we're going. Yeah, to and I yeah. actually caught that. I was like, got it. it. <laughs> sleepaway Camp, feel, perfect. I feel bad because people are like, is this a Sleepaway Camp movie? And I'm like, no, it's not. But no. it's like definitely the rumors swirl for sure. Is oh Daniel God. Harris it's gonna it's have a dick at the end? Daniel Harris yeah, 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 gonna no, have a penis no, I, killing uh, people. You know, I refrain. I refrain. I refrain. Thank you. Yes, thank you. But, uh, but yeah, so then, so they're going to go on like a scout trip. They're going to check it out and see if they think it's worth it. And, you know, basically the idea is that like I'm coming from a reality background and stuff like that and like seeing like the way the talent acts on camera versus behind the scenes and stuff like that. I wanted to have this idea that like they're doing these things in front of the camera and Jack's like, we're here at Camp Cold Broken. Uh, all is well, but I can feel an air, you know. Oh, my like, God. I smell something sulfury coming from, you know, like all the kind of tropes and stuff like that. Yes. But behind the scenes, they have never seen anything. It's all, it's just all smoke and mirrors. And so they're just hanging around the campfire, drinking, having a good time. And so when stuff starts to happen at first, they don't even notice it because it's like, it's just, you know. <laughs> they like, they bullshitted it so much at this point. Years, they've never seen anything. And then, yeah. And then it just becomes too much to ignore. Uh, and and creepy stuff just keeps happening, and, and and it's all downhill from there. But it's a lot. It's a lot of fun. A Can't wait. Oh, I cannot wait. That that sounds amazing. I love the pernamel. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I yeah. love it. I love any because we both, you know, Casper and I love. We love ghost shows. Like, yes, we love yeah. all of them. I love I all of them. And some some on the more serious side are great, but the ones that are like, and we. And without even mentioning it, we know which ones they are. The ones that are like really just like, you know, there's something like the energy and the air and the whole like, those those are the best. I mean, they really are because they play up so well. And like you said, a lot of it is reality TV too. And, you know, you want to play up to the camera and get the audience in there because you've only got like 45 minutes without commercials of the show. So you got to get it in there. Um, I'm I'm so excited. I love this concept. I like, do too. I remember when you first told me about it, I was like, and Chad Michael Murray and Danielle Harris is in this? Yeah, I was yeah, like, oh yeah, my God. Yeah. 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 No, you guys are going to, I think you guys are going to have a lot of fun with it. it. It's fun. There's some really, there are a couple good scares, which, uh, you know, I, 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 I hopefully pulled off and, uh, I think you guys are gonna. I think you guys are gonna dig. I hope. I, I think people are gonna dig it. So far, the reviews have been good. Uh, uh, the feedback's awesome. been good. We won Around. We won uh, Shriek Fest this year with it and stuff like that. Sweet, so I feel man. Really proud uh, to to have gotten to direct it. But uh, yeah, it's just it's a uh, you know it it's just it's one of my you know it's, there's some tongue in cheek. There's some good scares. And what else can you what else can you ask for in life? Awesome. Well, congratulations on winning those. That's that's pretty sweet. You de- you definitely deserve it. I haven't even seen the movie yet, and I'm like, you deserve it. <laughs> oh, I appreciate that. <laughs> I appreciate it. Yeah. Well, we're, we're even really even though you're a good director and everything, you have a fantastic personality. You're an absolute sweetheart, and like I said, I've met you in person, and I just I love that we've kept in contact since then, and you've always been so sweet. And I'm like that that to me means more than a good movie. Is is uh, the person behind it. it. Yeah, I, I appreciate it. No, I, it's just you know, listen, I'm I'm like the luckiest, I'm the luckiest dude in the world. Like I get to like play make believe for for a job every once in a while. I mean, I, I do it all the time, but it's like, but like you know, I I bounce between reality television, which I I love in my own way, and 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 then the movie stuff. But the movie stuff is very special, and I I don't ever, you know, even on the hardest the hardest days, and filmmaking is it's it's it can be brutal some days. You know, different stresses, and it's just a, it's a it's a very big 
machine, you know, that you're trying to like wrangle. Uh, but I'm like, you know, like at the end of the day, I'm like getting paid to do make believe. So you just have to always like come back to that place and be like, dude, you're the luckiest guy ever. Just, you know, enjoy it. Soak it in, enjoy the moments, you know? So that's awesome. Um, but I love, yeah, I just really appreciate you guys having me on. I had a, I had a blast. I can't wait to see you at Warhound and um, maybe or maybe not see witness infection. And we'll see. Wink, wink. Um, and, uh, and, uh, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be a good time. It's going to be a fun year. I think I have, I just got attached to two projects that I really, really hope go. Um, one's a sci-fi movie called Flatwoods, uh, which is like basically like if the Heaven's Gate cult was like a horror movie. It's so good. Uh, written by a guy named Jay Goldberg. And um, and then I, I have this other psychological thriller, and I know you could talk about psychological thrillers. Yes. You like, um, uh, it's a psychological thriller with Dee Wallace attached. Uh, and uh, Yeah, yeah, and she's, she's amazing. I just met with her a couple weeks ago. She's awesome. Oh, I love um, her. I do too. It's, it's called A Sharp Mind, and it's just really one of the best scripts I've read in a long time. It's just... Uh, it's super creepy and also very tragic. And uh, D is like, I mean, it is like a, a showcase. I mean, D has been around. D has been around forever and done incredible things. But this part is like, she she will just absolutely destroy it. And uh, I really, really hope it gets off the ground. It's a great script. Casper has actually never seen, um, and, and she will. I'm going to make a point of this year for her to see this movie because it's, I, I, I hate that like, a lot of people in the horror community, I mention it, and they're just like, what? They've never seen it, never heard of it, is The Frighteners. Um, oh, dude, The Frighteners is so good. Oh, it's my so God. Good, that I I movie <laughs> is literally everything. It's Michael J. Yeah. Fox in a horror movie. I mean, yeah, I don't even know I what more about, <laughs> you can ask. It's one, of my, it's, it's one of my favorite, if not my favorite roles of his. He's so, oh. he's so good in it, and, and Jake Busey is so damn good in it. Um, yes! And, Oh. The other one is, Chris, is is Christopher Reeve in Village of the Damned. He's oh. so fucking good in Village of the Damned. Oh my god, uh, so like good. Those, those, two, those two performances are incredible. Yeah. Peter Jackson, I mean, for what he's done, you know, I, I of course love the Lord of the Rings movies and they're great and yeah. Hobbit and all that stuff. But I'm a, a big part of me is like, dude, I really wish you and your wife would have stuck with horror yeah. because like meet the feebles is crazy and you yeah. know and then oh my god i always forget the other horror one he did with the lawnmower and he, the, he did well he did dead alive which is dead like, alive was, i think the goriest movie of all time it's an, time oh it's and time, it's yeah. it, that movie's everything um yeah and then dead alive was sort of nonsensical but super gory but like the frighteners yeah. i remember when i met jeffrey combs for the first time i mean of course i mentioned reanimator but i said your role in the Frighteners no, was so oh just like He's Dammers. Yeah. Dammers, yeah. that character was just everything. Yeah. Everything. Yeah, he was so good. He was so good. It's so funny. The Frighteners is like, that's like just, that's up there for me. Uh, the other thing, there's like, it hits very close to home because uh, Jake Busey and I can't remember who's, I can't remember who his partner in the movie was, but um, they're, they're based off of, Charles Starkweather and Caroline. PK, it's D. It's you know, D. Wallace. Yeah, it's D. Yeah. Wallace's oh, yeah. character in the no, in right. the film. Yeah, yeah she right. plays the. Yeah. So, oh, it's totally like when he goes. Yeah she, plays, yeah, she plays. Yeah, exactly. And so, uh, but Charles, you know, if you ever saw Badlands, that was also yes. made, that was also based on Charles Starkweather and Caroline Fugate. But Charles Starkweather was my mom's garbage man, and so 
my mom always tells a story about when, when they went on their rampage, like it just shut down the city and like her, her mom showed up at school and walked her home and everybody was just so, so on edge. But yeah, Charles Starkweather was my, was my mom's garbage man. And, uh, and uh, yeah, so that, so when I saw the pregnancy, I was like, well, it hit very, very close to home. Oh, that, that story. So, you know, like we're, we plan on doing a, um, you know, I'd, I'd love, I, I really want Casper to see Frighteners first because I really want, I want to do, uh, you know, we we do true crime episodes a few times and we def, I definitely okay. want to do one about Charles Starkweather because I'm just fascinated yeah. about that story. And if people, and you're right, story, yeah. if people know mm-hmm. that story, Frighteners and Jake Busey and Dee Wallace's character, I mean, yep. that's a direct yep. connect because people, it was always rumored that Carol Fugate was just a part of the murders as he was, that she wasn't yeah. this little innocent bystander as, you know, she played off and everybody believed to her to be. And that's exactly the way it was played out in the film. Um, yeah. 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 That, that movie is such a rare little gem. So uh, yeah, gem. everything yeah. that Dee yeah. Wallace has done, that's one of my personal favorites. I'm really excited that you're, that you get to work with her. Cause she's just, yeah. she's such a legend I, in the game. I really hope, I really hope the movie gets, gets the financing and, and stuff. Cause I would just, yeah, I just think, think into it. It's just, it's the script is awesome. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm excited for it. I hope, I hope it goes. I hope it goes. So if you guys know any super rich people that want to invest in films, like send them my, send them my way. I got a good one for them. Well, if I was, yeah, I we'll would, work. I would definitely donate. We'll work on that. There we go. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> well, did you have anything else? Um, add. I mean, this has been awesome. It's been yeah, such a we great really interview. appreciate you doing this for us, Andy. And you know, if you oh, if you would you like guys. to do it again at some point, you know, with when you have new newer stuff come out, we'd love to have you again yeah. too. Yeah, we'll we'll do one we'll do one for we'll do one for Witness because uh, yeah, like like I said, Witness is premiering at the Hall Comedy Arts Festival uh, in February, and then we're doing we may or may not be doing Horror Hound, Wink Wink, and um, <laughs> and so we're starting that we're starting that festival run right now, and I'd love to talk more about it, and I. I'll, Hopefully I could get um I could get like either Carlos or Jill or one of the other uh, one of the other actors. But we have such good actors in this movie. We have Rob Belushi who um, uh, is a Second City guy. We have Aaron Hayes who's on Medical Medical Police on uh, I know that name. Netflix. Yep. Yeah. We have um, we have Tara Strong who's like she's the voice of Harley Quinn and all the DC animated stuff. Yeah. We have. Uh, Isn't she the voice uh, of the Bubbles? Yep. And, yeah, and uh, and um, um, and Carlos is a huge voiceover guy. So we have tons of voiceover actors. We have Maurice Lamarche, who's the brain, and Pinky and the Brain. We have uh, we have Gary Anthony Williams. We have Joe Reitman. We have it's a, it's a crazy good cast for this like this like smaller smaller movie that Carlos wrote with Jill and produced and financed himself and wow. did it all. So yeah. That's pretty awesome. That I'm excited amazing. for you. I'm really I'm excited for you, Bailey. <laughs> Thank you. Well, you guys, yeah, send me send me your guys' email. I'll send those okay. to and then we'll uh, we'll schedule another day to do to talk some more because I could I could I could talk all day, but I think my wife is gonna be like, "Are you gonna do anything around the house today, or are you just gonna ramble on about yourself a little bit more?" I'm just so, gonna talk about my. You should just me. tell her that you're rambling because we asked you to. So <laughs> we asked him to talk <laughs> about himself. It's so. my job. I must do it. I must do it. <laughs> is there anything else you wanted to add, Andy? Do you you can plug anything? Yeah, plug you want anything. Or, promote. You know, promote. Yeah. yeah. I'm at I'm at Petri Andy on Twitter and at Director Andy Palmer uh, on the Instagram and that's that's it. But yeah, you guys, February fourteenth, Camp Coldbrook, uh, select theaters and uh, video on demand. Please, please watch um, it. It's really good. Everybody else can find um, you know if you guys want to find Funhouse Massacre or any of the other movies we talked about. Um, They're all on Prime, I'm a, aren't they? I'm a, 
I'm a yeah, huge fan all, of Badlands of Cain. Yep. Yeah, everything is on on Amazon Prime if anybody out there wants to watch and please do. Like they're they're all amazing. I mean, your films are all different in their own ways, but they're all I like I said, I'm a I'm a fan for life now. So, yep. thank you. Cool. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I keep calling him Andy. Billy! Billy! (laughs) Right on, guys. Sounds good. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thanks thanks so much, Andy. You take care. Talk to you later. I appreciate it. Thank you. Bye. Guys, that was so awesome! That was our first interview, our first guest of uh, 2020. So I think um, that was a good one. That was awesome, guys. Yeah. So um, follow Andy everywhere. And uh, please watch his watch. Like we said, everything's on Amazon Prime right now. And keep a lookout for uh, Camp Coldbrook coming out on Valentine's Day. Horror is perfect for Valentine's Isn't Day. Isn't something else is coming out on Valentine's Day too? Is it um, that? Oh fuck me! <laughs> <laughs> Fantasy Island is Fantasy that one? Island isn't that one is coming also out on coming Valentine's out Day? On Valentine's Day. I've yep. only seen seven billion trailers for that movie. I mean, I'm excited about it, but I'm kind of tired of the trailers. I'm really tired of the trailers. Stop all of that. So guys, um, thank you again. We loved this episode. It was so cool. Oh, fact check. Just want to say in 1991, yes, Silence of the Lambs was released Valentine's Day weekend. Yes, it was. I knew I was right. I had heard (laughs) that somewhere and I was like, I'm about to fact check that right now <laughs> because I knew I didn't just pull that out of the fucking ether. Yeah. <laughs> just the ether. Just yeah. Just the grabbed it out of she nowhere. Like, she was um, like, oh, this. Yeah. Horror. Like, fuck yeah. Horror for Valentine's Day. Sign sign me up, man. Like, that's the time. That's the time for it. Christmas, Valentine's, fucking every holiday is horror as far as I'm concerned. So, so I'm actually really excited for next week too, because not only is it women of horror Woo-hoo! month, which I'm sure you guys know, and that's been everywhere. It is also black history month, yes. which is very important to both of us. And we are going to do a women of horror slash black history month episode. And I'm so excited about it. So if you guys have not seen the horror noir documentary on shutter, Buy Shutter just for that because yeah. it's literally it's amazing. It. Um, I'm gonna rewatch it too just because um, I want another refresher. But it's 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 just so incredible and it really gives you an insight on a lot of things with you know black people in horror movies and just how the black people are represented in general. And to be honest yeah. with you, th- this is something that's I know obviously is very important to Becky, but. I am very much an ally and I I want to do everything I can to give them the representation that they deserve. So this, this episode is actually very important to both of us. Yeah. So if you guys, honestly, if you guys have not a big part of the podcast is going to centralize around, um, that documentary on shutter. So if mm-hmm. you guys have not seen it, um, I really urge you to watch it. I think it's something very important to especially watch around black history month because it does give a lot of black history. Um, and then it, ties black history into horror um and then after we kind of go into a deep dive about that we're gonna go into certain tropes in horror that black people unfortunately fall into and then we'll even mention a few movies that kind of fall into that trap one more recently the perfection on netflix that um first of all this bitch that's in these movies needs to watch her back with the black community (laughs) 
<laughs> if y'all have seen Perfection and Get Out, y'all know who we're talking about. This bitch that dips her fucking Fruit Loops in the milk. Fuck out of here. some milk. Fuck out of here. You so racist, you can't dip the Fruit Loops with the white milk. Bitch, get the fuck. That movie. You're going to make me pee. I'm sorry. <laughs> Oh, no. The races can't dip your color cereal in the white milk. I'm what, dying. What in oh, the, I'm dying. What in the... There's a tear. <laughs> I hope everybody oh. else enjoyed that as much as we did. Oh, God. there's gonna, um, It's going to be a great episode next week. It's going to be great, awesome. Great, great episode. All right. Sponsors, plugging, and then we're out of here because we got to pee. So. Oh, you got to pee, too? Because <laughs> I gotta actually got to pee. <laughs> so a word from our sponsor. Calm your body down. All right, guys, so I know I posted about the Rosewater Bath Bombs. They will be up for sale tomorrow. They will be on the Etsy shop. Um, they are awesome. They actually have rose petals in them. So um, oh, what an amazing way so to luxuriate in the bath with a bath bomb with some rose petals and all that good stuff. They're going to be great for Valentine's Day, so they will be available tomorrow. Order them. You'll get them by Valentine's Day, um, and they'll even be on sale through the whole month of February. So, guys, if you miss out before Valentine's Day, you can still buy them after. They'll still be available. Um, the white chocolate bath bombs are still available, too. Those things are amazing. I wish people had smell-o-vision because they smell so fucking good. Um, so, guys, buy them up. Hit up the Etsy shop shirt, 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 shirt. <laughs> shirt, 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 shirt. Ebsy. Oh, I feel like we could make that a beat. Ebsy, sharp, sharp. Just dub style that shit. Um, so guys, search it on Etsy. Calm your body down. Um, the website, I'll still be adding more, but everything is always updated on the um, Instagram. And thanks again, guys. Calm your body down. Okay, guys, if you want to give us a follow on all of the podcast media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, make sure when you look us up, you spell it out to the T. Make sure you don't forget that apostrophe because you will not find us otherwise. If you would like to follow us on all of the um, the podcast stuff that we're on, my brain's like pfft. dead. <laughs> um, give us a follow on Podbean. Podcast player, podcast addict, Spotify, and Castbox. You will always know when we have a new episode coming out. And if you would like to send us an email, any questions, concerns that you have, please send it, give us the please email us at dfwto8493 at gmail.com. Um, um, speaking of which, guys, too, we are working on the Patreon as we speak. So we're hoping within the next couple of weeks we'll have it available. Um, and the first dollar patron donors will get stickers. That is going to be our first available for the dollar patrons. So um, we'll make that announcement next week. Thanks again. See you guys. Have an awesome week. Don't forget to watch Horror Noir on Ooh, Shudder. And seriously, Shudder's only $5, so <laughs> do Just it. Get it. And, and that's like one of millions of amazing things on Or Shutter, have a friend so. get it and, you know, give them two fifty a month and then, I don't know. Just, just or just be a cool person and just give it to your friend for free. Like I like Casper because she's awesome. Two of my friends, <clears throat> including Becca. <laughs> two of my friends use my shutter, so I, you know, it's it's like I I pay five dollars a month for everyone to be happy. That's happy for me. Yay. <laughs> okay, so see you next week. Hey, bye. Bye.